The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech podcast feed. Starting today, PC users will get a chance to upgrade their operating system with the release of Microsoft's Windows 7. The new system is being looked at by some as a reboot for Microsoft. The software giant's last operating system, Windows Vista, drew bad reviews from users when it was released in 2006. Up to the minutes, computer consultant John Quain joins us now to show us some of what Windows 7 is capable of doing. Good morning. Good morning. Glad you're here. Uh, so the good reviews so far are pretty good. What do you think? It, it is doing pretty well. It, you know, here on this program for regular viewers, the last time when Vista came out, I said, wait, wait eight months, nine months before you switch. And it turned out people waited a lot longer than that. Some of them never switched. There were compatibility issues. A lot of big programs, Quicken, something that a lot of people use, didn't work very well with Vista, for example, when it first came out. A lot of those things got solved, but it took a long time. With Windows 7, I've been testing on a variety of systems. All those major applications now work just fine with Windows 7. Great. And not only that, usually we tell people, you need more hardware, you need a faster processor, more hard disk space, more memory. Not with Windows 7. You don't actually need more hardware than you did with v Windows Vista. And it's actually quicker. Systems turn on more quickly, they close down more quickly. It's much smoother, much more stable. So from that point of view, it is going to be a hit for Microsoft in terms of that, at least. And so do you think it's going to be enough to sort of redeem Microsoft when it comes to competing with Mac's operating system or you know, Linux? Certainly. And it has some things, for example, that the Mac doesn't have. And I'll, I've got a, a system here from HP. It's their new system that's coming out tomorrow as well. And it's uh, the TX2. It's a laptop, but it's also a touchscreen-enabled laptop. Oh, so this is a new feature that's on Windows 7. So any computer that's equipped with a touchscreen like this, it can be a big desktop system with a big screen, or even this little laptop with a swivel screen that turns into a tablet. Now, it seems silly, but actually it's pretty good. And sometimes it's pretty handy to do different things. So you can switch through different applications. You can see by going, it's very iPhone-like. But you know what? The Mac doesn't have that on their desktop systems. Now Windows 7 does. And it's going to open up other opportunities for programmers to try new and different things, I think. And so if you're buying a new computer, you're going to be getting Windows 7. Absolutely. If not, what do you do? If you're buying a new computer, uh, what I recommend are the two new Intel chips that I really like, the i5 and the i7. They're really zippy. They really have done a good job upgrading those as well. And they're not as expensive, so they're even cheaper than the previous generation. If you have a Windows Vista system, it's an easy upgrade. You can buy the home version for about $120. Very easy upgrade. It shouldn't be a problem. If you have a Windows XP system, though, you held on, you didn't do Vista, that's going to be difficult. You have to unload all your applications, put the new operating system on, then reload all those applications. Not something that most people want to do, I don't think. And you need to back up things and be very careful. Backing up really <laughs> important, because for all of us who haven't, we know how difficult that oh, can yeah, be. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, great. JQ, thanks so much for being with us. Anytime. And for more information, visit our website at cbsnews.com. Just make sure to click on Up to the Minute. Ooh, the man of tomorrow is here for another Sovereign Shorts and to wish you a very happy new year. Uh, of course, we're now in 2022. And for Sovereign Tech, that's an incredibly exciting thing. Uh, this was not the episode I had planned to release today. Uh, 
a different episode was scheduled to go out today, but that's actually going out now on January 3rd. That's the problem when you put dates out there, you know, always something comes up. But January 3rd, uh, very excited to kick off. That'll really be the kickoff for Sovereign Tech in 2022. But I think this is something worthwhile discussing. Um, it has come up on Patreon content. If you go to patreon.com slash sovereign tech, we recently did our December live Q and a, uh, had a great time, uh, a good amount of people attending that one and, you know, great questions. And they ran the gamut, uh, talked about all kinds of things, you know, far beyond tech, but a, uh, a recent theme. And in fact, if you listen to the recent taste of Q and a, uh, that came out, uh, in the, about the past week, I guess. Um, if you listen to that, in fact, it's in the title, it's web three and the attention wars. Um, the attention wars is something we've been talking about quite a bit on the Q and a specifically, of course, that'll eventually leak into, uh, sovereign tech prime episodes. Um, but that's part of the inspiration for what we're talking about in this episode. Um, and that is, believe it or not, the use of windows seven in, well, now 2022. And believe me, this has directly much to do with the attention wars, with keeping your focus and uh, getting your attention back, getting back a lot of mental bandwidth. And I can tell you this from personal experience, and it's a powerful experience. Um, but certainly I can imagine a lot of people coming out and saying, oh, well, well, that's crazy you know, why would you use windows seven? Isn't that like, they don't update that anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, ho, ho. is that true? Hmm. We'll see. But you know, how about this? Why don't we go to, you know, because if you don't believe the golden stallion, why don't we go to, uh, you know, a quote unquote, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm as real as it gets, but <laughs> as far as tech experts go and so on, but let's go to a real tech expert. Let's go to tech advisor. Okay. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes for this here. Here's their story. All right. We'll read a bit of their story. Maybe I'll do some commentary in it, but then we're going to get to an overall point of why I think it's actually a great idea to use windows seven in 2022. So why using here, here's the title from tech advisor. Why using windows seven in 2021 is so dangerous. Well, we're in 2022 now, so it's not dangerous anymore. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. As the, as the adage goes reading here, all good things must come to an end. That's especially true in the fast paced tech world where great hardware and software can quickly become outdated. It's why no one uses the groundbreaking original iPhone anymore. While the value of classic consoles is purely nostalgic. Okay. Hold on. So <laughs> let, let, let's talk about that first. Let the, just that first paragraph. <laughs> uh. This is why you can't read the news. <laughs> like that, that, that first paragraph has so many problems with it. Okay. Um, but, but let's, let's, let's just touch on that last sentence. This is why. All right. So, so software can become out or software and hardware can become outdated. That's why nobody uses the, the original iPhone anymore. Well, nobody uses the original iPhone anymore, partly because like 3g is getting pushed out and that's what that used. Um, like you, you're forced, you, you can't, you don't have a choice as to where if people had a choice, who knows? Um, 
the other part to that is, you know, I mean, okay, sure. The original iPhone does not get security updates anymore. Um, that's a valid reason not to use an iPhone. And this is a point I want to get to later about smartphones because it'll sound, um, perhaps contradictory or hypocritical what I'm going to say about smartphones as compared to say a laptop or desktop running windows seven. So I'll get to that. Okay. About the iPhone part and the value of classic consoles being purely nostalgic classic retro consoles are never outdated ever. We, we just did a whole special on the N64. We did a whole special on the Vita. Um, the only thing that'll ever make them outdated is if you just can't get parts for them anymore. That's the only thing that I, you know, I mean, even today I see so many people, you know, online posting about, and it's not just because, you know, Goldeneye could potentially be getting a re-release on Xbox and probably switch online as well, frankly. Um, but anyway, that, that's a different story. Um, but I've seen so many people, uh, you know, like sharing pictures of their, their N64 today, you know, and it's not because of that they're just like, Oh, happy new year. And then, you know, they're rocking their N64 or <laughs> Or, you know, maybe some other retro console they're, they're rocking, which I, I think is 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 great. But that proves the point. Like, these things aren't outdated at all. Um, so that's just wrong. Anyway. Let, <laughs> okay, let's keep going. It appears the same can be said of Windows 7. Microsoft's desktop uh, operating system launched in 2009 and will soon be three major versions out of date. But that hasn't stopped plenty of people from still using it. According to Stat counter around 16% of all current windows PCs were running windows seven in July, 2021. Uh, this story, by the way, is coming from August of 2021, uh, reading on some, uh, some of these devices are likely to be inactive, but that still leaves a significant amount of people using software that hasn't been supported since January, 2020. This is extremely dangerous. Not only is Microsoft not releasing any more software updates for windows seven, it's also not patching any security issues or, or uh, providing any tech support for the vast majority of, of people. This simply isn't a risk worth taking. Now he's saying that for the vast majority of people, it's not a risk worth taking. So maybe he's saying that like, if you know what you're doing, you could still run windows seven. Um, but this whole point about it, not about windows seven, not getting security updates is a lie, but I'm going to read on a little bit here. So uh, this is the subheader paid Windows 7 updates only available for companies. The refusal to ditch Windows 7 doesn't make sense to most of us, especially as you can still upgrade to Windows 10 for free, you know, from Windows 7 or Windows 8. However, some people have legitimate reasons for sticking with the 12 year old operating system. For many companies, upgrading to Windows 7 isn't why are they saying upgrading to windows seven isn't worth the hassle? I think he means windows 10. The software itself might be free, but the migration process certainly isn't. Some employees may also need support when presented with a new operating system and not all current apps and programs will still work. In this scenario, Microsoft is continuing to provide annual updates and patches for windows seven to companies. This is through what's known as the extended security updates program. Although the last of these is set for 2022, actually it's January, 2020 or it's further into 2023 now, and you can pretty much count on. That's what I'm saying. It's not true that you can't still get updates uh, for Windows 7. You can get what you can install what's called the ESU package. And as long as you have, as long as you either have like a specifically cracked type of Windows 7, or um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, legally modified <laughs> version of Windows 7, or you have um, an OEM or enterprise license, 
you can still get Windows Update is still going to run for you at least once a month. You, you're still going to get a patch Tuesday every month, including throughout this year and parts of 2023, at least. And I can pretty much guarantee you that Microsoft is, is going to I mean, you know, I could be wrong, but it happened over and over again with XP where there would be what they call out of band updates. So that could most likely happen if there's something so fucking flawed and 16% of windows installs are still another operating system. Absolutely. Yes. Microsoft, if it's serious enough, Microsoft is going to put out an out of band patch for previous versions, um, you know, of windows, including windows seven. Also, uh, I think this, this, these ESU, you know, this ESU update, these, uh, uh, or extended security updates, I think that there's a good chance those will get extended for a while. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll talk maybe more, a little bit about that later, but let's keep reading. Extended security updates are only officially available via licensed providers and can't be bought by private users or small businesses. Even if running windows seven pro, uh, patches that claim to bypass these restrictions can be found online, but we can't comment on their safety or effectiveness. So they're bringing up that, okay, no, it, it's still possible. So I, I don't, I don't know what the point of this article is because <laughs> that's like their main gist is that, well, you can't get security updates anymore, but let's keep reading. Um, no reason. Here's the next subheader. No reason for most people to stick with windows seven. Objectively, there's a little justification. There's little justification for sticking with windows seven and refusing to upgrade to windows 10. The hardware requirements for both operating systems are almost identical. No, they're not. Uh, updating is free for most people and the user experience on windows 10 will be relatively familiar. No, it's not. And I will talk about why reading on. However, there is some older hardware that won't run windows 10. If you happen to be using one of these devices, it's probably time to upgrade. Software compatibility is a more legitimate concern. Not all windows seven apps will run smoothly on windows 10, but both are relatively rare. So we'd encourage you to persist with the, uh, with the upgrade process. If you experience issues. Most of the time, uh, windows will automatically recognize the components and drivers that you already had installed. You may need to download some new ones or manually update them, but all the basic functions will work immediately. Um, and they, they get into a little bit more and then they just start talking, but for the rest of the article, they're basically saying, well, windows 10 is for free if you're running windows seven. So why the fuck not? Would you do it? Well, I'm going to tell you why the fuck not. Because while your title is why using Windows 7 in 2021 is so dangerous, I'm going to tell you why using Windows 10 or Windows 11, especially Windows 11, in 2022 is fucking dangerous. Okay. Now, let's be clear. I have used, of course, you know, my main thing has basically always been Linux. Um, the reason I always keep a Windows machine around is there's just certain software that just works so well. And there's the gaming thing too. But you know, there, there's some parody being reached with that, with, with Linux, even though it's not there yet. But anyway, there, there's a certain software that is just such a big part of my workflow, um, that it's just so much more convenient to have an actual windows machine. And I've been using windows 10 and windows 11 since day one of their launch dates. Uh, I mean, like I upgraded right away and have been using them. And at one point, I think I even had kind things to say um, about Windows 10. But that was at a time, at least for me, it was at a time. So what, like July 2015 um, is when is when Windows 10 originally released. So six years ago, um, that was a time when 
I didn't really rely so much on my smartphone, even though I like experimented with and the experiment did not go well. I experimented with, well, can you actually like do everything with a smartphone instead of a computer, you know, and have a more smartphone centric life? And this is before, you know, we realized, or at least I realized the net negative that a smartphone is in your life. Um, you know, I dalliance with that early on in Sovereign Tech history. You might hear some of that when you listen to the Sovereign Rewinds that have been coming out throughout December 2021. And, well, I realized that that was dead wrong, you know, and now I, I despise smartphones, uh, even though, you know, I have to keep one compartmentalized in my life, you know, firewalled <laughs> from my personal life as much as possible for, you know, work purposes. Um but, you know, I, like my dalliance with smartphones was was very, really short lived even then. And I think I really liked Windows 10 because it had a lot of smartphone features, which is what they were going for. Uh, of course, it fixed Windows 8, which I never touched Windows 8, didn't even bother. Like if you put a Windows 8 computer in front of me, I would be somewhat lost, to put it mildly. <laughs> so, uh, but put windows 10, 11, seven in front of me and you, you know, or in anything before that. And, you know, all the way back to three, one, and I know exactly what I'm doing anyway. So I liked that about windows 10, um, that it could essentially make your laptop feel more like a smartphone. But again, the, the, you know, even just the, the abstract functionality of the smartphone, you know, we would realize, or I think many would realize, and I know I'm not the only one, um, I mean, even people who, you know, tech journalists who have been in the game longer than I have came to that realization either before or a little after or around the same, basically around the same time that I did, um, where they would actually use that exact phrasing that smartphones have become a net negative, um, you know, in our lives. And that's just, that's not even just a matter of like, okay, like how they destroy our capabilities for privacy. It really goes into so much more, which, you know, we're going to talk about. Um, so I might've been positive about windows 10 initially, but then as time has gone on, um, and you can listen to sovereign tech to, you know, hear the, the evolution or de-evolution <laughs> of it all. Um, you know, things just got worse because Microsoft just kept fucking up with windows 10, uh, to say, you know, I mean, especially with like losing, um, like data loss, like documents just fucking disappearing, um, you know, all, all kinds of, you know, and update problems and everything. I mean, it, it's just a fucking mess. Uh, the feature creep was insane. Uh, I mean, terrible. And then windows 11 comes around and at first it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever this works, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the further you go with it and the more Microsoft encroaches on it, um, you know, just the nastier it gets. And the fact that, you know, like, when windows 11 came out, kind of one of the main differentiating features talking about becoming more like a smartphone, um, having Android apps, you know, on, on the desktop more natively, uh, wasn't, wasn't there at release day, which I, I, I just think is insane. Like nobody's going to care unless you give them some kind of new killer app, no pun intended. And I, for me, I think that was it, you know, what would have made it the most intriguing, ironically, when here I am saying that, you know, uh, well, this is going to speak to about using Windows 7. Okay, I know I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place on this, but there, there's points to be had. I just want you to know, I know what I've said in the past, and I have come to an, a very new understanding. Um, 
And that new understanding really comes from dealing with all the problems with Windows 10, dealing with some of the philosophy itself, some of the design philosophy of Windows 10 and of Windows 11, and of finally saying that's enough. I've had enough. Like, I don't feel like I'm really in control of my computer anymore. And I feel more like the computer is, is using me, be it with whatever annoying fucking notifications or whatever else is going on that, you know, the computer is using me far more or, or like all oh, the advertising is that's everywhere. You know, even in your web browser, uh, you know, the computer's using me more than I am using it. And the computer is meant to be a tool. Computers are designed to do what we tell them to do, not the other way around the computer. I am to tell it, you know, when I need its attention, not the other way around. And so I got to a point uh, about a month back, maybe, maybe a couple months back, I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? I, like Microsoft's just, and, and, and Microsoft's plans, everything that they, you know, everything that they've been talking about and all this stuff. I, I, I just, again, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with it. I mean, go ahead and listen to other shows that are, you know, wholly about Microsoft and about when, like listen to windows weekly and like, listen to Paul Throtz rants, you know, <laughs> cause he's just, he's, he's kind of, he may not use these exact words. Maybe he will right, at times, but he's just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just saying it all the time when it comes to windows. And so, you know, this idea started percolating in my mind uh, a couple of months ago that, you know what, I'm going to get my hands on some really inexpensive uh, uh, you know, like, like old Skylake laptop because Skylake was the last, like, uh, was it Broadwell? It was a Haswell Broadwell Skylake. I think it was Broadwell and Skylake, but Skylake, which is the sixth generation, uh, Intel core duo, or they don't call it duo anymore. Do they? Anyway, it's dual core. Um, that's the last processor that, uh, that, that fully supported windows seven, even though, uh, Skylake would have like, you know, if you got a Skylake laptop, um, if it only has windows 3.0 ports or, or I'm sorry, USB 3.0 ports, windows seven doesn't have like built-in drivers for that through the install. You have to create a custom install of windows seven to be able to do that, which is the process that I went through. Um, but if you get a laptop with USB 2.0, you're fine. And then you can just get the drivers, you know, from like from an update processor, you can get them online, uh, where, where USB 3.0 and even like Thunderbolt three and whatever else all work beautifully. So I went looking for, because again, you know, buying, a computer like the last Skylake computer was made in like 2017, maybe. Um, so, you know, there's a few years on it. You can get them for a song. I mean, sub sub $300 easy, easy. And when I say it's a sub $300 computer, the beautiful thing is it's, I mean, you can get premium laptops from like 2016, 2017, you know, laptops that at the time could have cost you almost $2,000. You can get premium laptops that just have that fabulous keyboard, right? The really nice fit and finish to them um, that are, you know, refurbs, probably maybe even Microsoft refurbed if you buy from the right store or from the right seller. And, you know, you've got a gorgeous laptop, again, for practically nothing. So Santa in December, a little early, brought me a, a Dell 7480. 
Okay. Or Dell Latitude 7480. This is running a Core i5 uh, Skylake. And I think it's the 6320U. Um, you know, no, no dedicated graphics card or anything like that. That's fine. <laughs> like, I, I'm really okay with that. Because, you know, the other thing, the, the other realization that I've come to, you know, throughout 2021 is I don't even really want to play new games. If I mean, if I want to play new games, it'll be something from Nintendo and I'll play it on my Switch, you know. Uh, but on a computer, I want to play the classics, you know, all the, all the classics, right? Uh, you know, like, like TIE Fighter, um, Duke Nukem Forever, Star Trek Away Team, you know, or, or Starfleet Command 3, you know, like games like like those, that's the, or the Wing Commander games, that's the stuff I want to play. So, you know, any computer from 2016 is going to play most of those brilliantly. Um, and this one certainly does. Okay. So now, I mean, it, it's pretty loaded out. It, it still has an M.2 uh, uh, drive or, or, you know, connector. So, so it has a hard drive that that's M.2. So you can put in like your latest, if you wanted to, you could put in your latest, you know, Samsung 980 Evo or whatever. Um, it has 16 gig of Ram in it. And this is how it came again, sub $300. It has a 1080p screen, um, has Thunderbolt three, which is great. So if I really wanted to actually play something a little newer, uh, I could actually hook up an external graphics card to that. And, and the, I mean, the 14 inch screen on it is, is stunning. Again, this was in 2017, this was a premium product competing with ThinkPads. You know, I mean, this, this was as real as it got. Um, I mean, even like the keyboard matches a ThinkPad all the way. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's the most, just all I can say is fabulous. It's a fabulous typing experience on this thing. Backlit keyboard even has the keyboard nipple, um, has kind of like ThinkPads do where there's, you know, you have the option of the, the two, uh, mouse buttons, um, you know, at the top of the trackpad. And then there's the two at the bottom of the trackpad. There's actually fucking buttons on mouse buttons on this thing. Imagine that on a laptop. Okay. Um, now it came with windows 10 installed on it, but I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was going for. Okay. Uh, the only thing is the battery probably could get replaced on it, but I still get like eight hours, you know, it'll get me through a day. I just know it can do more. I, I know it's not like the battery's not at, at full potential. Um, anyway, but you know, a new battery for one of these things is $30, you know, like tack that onto the price. It's still worth it. Um, anyway, I went through the process. I installed it with windows seven. I made sure that it has the ESU package so that it could keep getting security updates. Um, there are companies, third-party companies that will sell you. And yes, you kind of have to trust them, but I think they're looking to make a, a pretty good business out of this. Um, just like there's still businesses that repair Commodore 64s. There really are. Um, but you know, like where you could get patches for windows seven specifically, uh, continue, you know, going forward. And that would probably even go beyond, you know, Microsoft's window, whatever that, no pun intended there, uh, whatever that happens to be for out of band updates. But anyway, I get windows seven on this thing. You know, I go, I solve the three, you know, the USB three Oh problem, uh, because that's all that this thing has. Um, you know, I dealt with that. I made the, the custom, you know, install ISO, which I'm never getting rid of because <laughs> that was some work. And when, when you've got a windows seven, uh, you know, install flash drive that, you know, that can install on just about any computer, you know, including, you know, like a Skylake machine that has only, you know, USB 3.0. Uh, yeah, that you got some gold in your hands right there. So hold on to that. Uh, and I'm holding on to mine. 
But anyway, uh, so I started installing Windows 7. And man, you know, just seeing some of the screens of Windows 7, because it's been a while. Just seeing some of the screens on it, you, you know, like like when the loading screen, all it, I mean, it just gives you chills, right? Because, you know, maybe you don't have this experience, but I remember when, well, A, I remember when Vista came out. I was there, okay, and I was working at a tech company when Vista, the, the day Vista came out, and just the major letdown, I think, that so many uh, tech enthusiasts and really technicians, like I was at the time, um, that we felt because it barely worked on anything. And we're just like so excited because, oh, because Windows XP was, you know, so revolutionary, you know, but Vista, it's funny. I went through the same thing where like, okay, I used XP forever and I, and I, and I still think XP is phenomenal. Um, I used, you know, uh, um, Vista for a while, you know, and then I ended up at one point just going back to windows 2000 while that was still somewhat relevant. But then when, you know, but, but just Vista was such a disappointment. And when seven came out, it was just everything Vista should have been. It was so exciting, you know? Um, yeah, I, I never looked back at windows 2000 as much as I, you know, still may miss it. But my point being, I, I kind of went through this before where like, okay, I use two versions of the two latest versions of windows. And then I realize shit, let's just go back to basics. Cause that's what I did, you know, between XP Vista and then going back to windows 2000. Um, same here. It feels like where I went windows 10, windows 11, and then back to windows seven. And when you get back to those basics, I cannot begin to describe to you the, the, the peace. <laughs> it's so weird. An operating system should not cause this kind of feeling within us. Okay. Uh, but I just felt so at home. I felt such a peace. I just sit down and the window, you know, windows seven boots up and I'm just looking and then like, yes, this is what a desktop should look like. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just, everything felt right. Maybe it's because I just used windows seven so long, but like I used windows 10 again from the, from day one. And there was, there's barely a day that went by that I didn't use windows 10. So I, I kind of feel like I've used windows 10 as much as I've used windows seven. In fact, really like just raw amount of time spent in front of a computer. Uh, I mean, I've sat in front of computers far more since 2015 than I ever did before 2015. Uh, well, you know, or at least before, like, before like 2002, I definitely spent a lot of time in front of computers. Um, you know, from like 92 or well, re really even earlier than that <laughs> up until 2002. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, so I don't know that that, you know, that it's that, that it's just something that I'm so used to or it, and I don't think it's nostalgia either. It's not a nostalgia kick, but I think what's really going on is it's just such a simple and clean interface. The start menu is not slamming you with a bunch of nonsense and everything is really like information dense. Like it's very efficiently placed. You know, so many people have complained about how, you know, on the windows 11 start menu, uh, you know, how there's like just tons of white space and everything. Like it's, it's just kind of a mess. Clearly they're looking, you know, they're thinking about touch as far as that goes, but then that's kind of the problem, right? Is windows 10 and windows 11 are clearly looking at touch screens and I don't want to use a touch screen on a laptop. Okay. Uh, and so 
Windows 7 is clearly not thinking about touchscreens. I mean, it might have been starting to think of them, but no, it, like that that is a desktop keyboard and mouse interface through and through. And you feel it. And it feels so it feels downright elegant. And there's no bullshit notifications. There's not a billion things coming at you from the, you know, from the right-hand side of the screen. There's not a bunch of nonsense options. When you boot it up, there is no tutorial trying to tell you, hey, use charms, do this, blah, blah. Like, no, it's just get to work, Jack. Like Satan intended. It's beautiful. And because of that, you know, and then I just, all I do is like, and there's not a bunch of pre-installed horseshit because the first time, you know, I do an install of Windows 10 or Windows 11, the first thing I'm doing isn't installing things. It's uninstalling things, uninstalling Candy Crush, uninstalling whatever other horseshit Microsoft's trying to, you know, force on me, whatever. Like, no, with this, there's nothing to uninstall. Just get to business. You, you know, go ahead, grab, grab the software you want to use and install it. Now that's, like one of the first little annoyances of using windows seven in 2021 slash 2022. One of the first ones is there is some software that technically doesn't support windows seven anymore. Sometimes you can still install it anyway. And it more or less works. Even if there might be a little UI glitch, like a little one other times, um, it'll straight up tell you when you go for the install that windows seven isn't supported and to use either windows eight, which yeah, right. Or windows 10. But even in those instances, like the big one was Calibre uh, or caliber, however they want to pronounce it. Um, which is, you know, ebook management software, uh, brilliant stuff. Like they're up to version five. Now they tell you to install version. It's like 3.6.4. Um, fortunately, you go to Calibra's website and it very specifically tells you which one to download for windows seven. <laughs> so which that, that software is like the most updated software ever, you know, and it's, it's worked great. Like I've never since like version two, you know, and that's the first time maybe that I was using it. Like it updates all the time. I've talked about this on sovereign tech over the years because I use the software so much. Um, there's never been a new feature from a new version that like that I've used, I've always done the same exact process and like, I always update it, but I've never noticed the difference, you know, like I've never noticed like what really matters other than maybe the UI looks a little, you know, slicker here and there. Um, so I had no problem with that. Um, but there's, there was no software whatsoever that I felt like, Oh, or, you know, where I ran into, Oh shit, I can't use this. And this is a major part of my workflow, you know? And so I'm going to have to use it on something else. Never ran into that. Um, and one of the, if you have, well, actually I think it does this, whether you have ESU or not, um, it will Microsoft update will push Microsoft edge on you. Um, which is a fine thing to have that be replaced as your default browser compared to, you know, Internet Explorer 11. Right. Um, and Edge on Windows 7, because they backported it. Originally, Edge was not on Windows 8 or Windows 7. But then Microsoft's like, oh, yeah, we'll backport this, uh, which was, you know, OK, good. Uh, Edge works brilliantly on Windows 7. Um, and again, it's, you know, it's a dual core machine, 16 gig of Ram. I could actually go up to 32 on it if I wanted to in the future. Uh, you know, it has no problem taking care of tasks. 
Like, really, you know, and the processor can go up to 3.1 uh, gigahertz. I mean, it has no issues with any modern task. To be transparent, um, I, you know, I don't do Photoshop. Um, so, you know, like, I know for some people who just have to use the latest version of Photoshop for whatever reason, um, you know, that and, and that can for well we it's a conversation i've had a billion times anyway uh, i mean i do have photoshop cs2 on here it works great and it does everything that i can imagine photoshop needs to do but whatever people got new shot we're not going to get into the into the, the, the photoshop conversation Let, let's get away from that okay so um so i installed all my software on here uh, i am running edge and that's actually pretty nice because edge i mean you could still put firefox on there you could put just about any any web browser on there um but edge does a great job you know with pwas right so if you need to like say run android messages or something like that as a pwa it's easy enough to make that happen um you know, it feels per my point being is it feels perfectly modern. There's nothing about it. There's no point where I feel like, oh, shit, I just, you know, like there's something I cannot do. Um, I could give you a list of what I have installed. We're running a little long on this Sovereign Shorts, but, um, you know, I could give you a list of, of the, the software I have installed. If you're if you're really interested to know, um, I I am using Edge on this. Here's the thing. The other beauty of Windows 7 and this is where you could argue privacy kind of comes in. The other thing with Windows 7 is there's no advertising ID. You don't need a Microsoft account to log in. That was one of the greatest things is it's like, yeah, make an account, but it's just a local account, you know, to like secure, you know, to, to have password security. I don't have any Microsoft account on here. And best of all, no cloud services. This was another major reason that I got away, that I wanted to get away from Windows 10, Windows 11 is you, I mean, one drives on there and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're going to get, you know, and, and even with windows 10, if you don't log in with a Microsoft account, it keeps telling you, Hey, don't you want to get a Microsoft account? You're missing out on security features, missing out on this, blah, blah, blah. Ridiculous. You know? And, and cause I constantly be running into where, cause OneDrive will, you know, tries to back up your PC and it will have names similar to what's on your PC. And like, so when you transfer a file to desktop, there's times where it actually ends up going to OneDrive's desktop and not to your actual computer's desktop. It's just, it's fucking nuts. And that's gone. Like there's just no cloud services on this fucking machine. And it does widgets better. You know, <laughs> Windows 7 does widgets better than Windows 11 does. <laughs> actually, that kind of sucked. Like I wanted to put the widgets back on, like the performance widget um, and some of the other ones like the weather widget, but whatever service Microsoft used for the weather widget to connect to, to tell you the weather, um, is, uh, is no longer operational. So you can't do that, but you can still put a nice clock on there, you know, on the right hand side of your screen. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yes, I have Microsoft edge on there again. It's not logged in to anything. So whatever. Um, I have uh, LibreOffice. the latest version of LibreOffice on there was a 7.4, uh, Qubit torrent for my torrenting. Um, I'm running tag and rename for my MP3 management, which is a major part of my workflow, uh, as well as easy CD audio converter version nine, um, which I do use for, you know, converting FLAC files and everything. Cause who has hard drive space for that? Um, image burn classic, right? Uh, then I got a bunch of retro, like these are the things I need windows for like no pay station browser. Like I, I need windows for that. Uh, like running like ESR patcher and all that for PlayStation two, like 
these are things I need. I need windows for, um, bris, like I have bris on here, which forced me to install Java, but that's fine. Um, bris is what I use to, when you download PDFs or you get PDFs that are like two pages side by side scanned as one page and you need to split them up. I use bris to, to, to split them up again. This is all, you know, windows only software. So that that's part of the reason I have one of these. Um, I have of course, you know, uh, uh, like power DVD from Cyberlink to play Blu-rays and do a lot of my Blu-ray editing and, and all that jazz, um, dark audacity. This is a forked version of audacity because we now know that audacity is collecting, you know, a lot of data, uh, you know, about its users, um, ever since like version 2.4, I think it was. Um, but dark audacity is a fork from version 2.3.9, I believe. Uh, and it's great. I, I love using that. So, you know, totally open source. Um, I rock that on here. Uh, movie maker, of course, Microsoft movie maker. That's a classic. I always use that nitro pro use that for, for editing PDFs in a further way. Uh, Trezor suite, the Trezor suite. Cause of course I have a Trezor model T, um, you know, for, for crypto purposes. Um, the Trezor suite works great on here. No problems. So if you're worried, well, what about my crypto windows seven is, you know, totally fine with that though. Really, you know, use Linux, especially if you're, if you're not using hardware wallet. Um, yeah. And, and I've got a bunch of other, you know, a lot of games on here and, and there's some other paint shop pro six. I've got that on here, uh, which that's ancient anyway. So it works beautifully, you know, VLC, telegram, discord, you know, all, all that stuff that you can imagine. Um, and it all works great. I mean, it's just, it's lightning fast and I can organize access to all of this software so simply because the start menu works like it fucking should. And it's on the left-hand side. Okay. And it just comes up with software, not a bunch of dancing cubes, you know, <laughs> like, again, it's let's get to work, Jack. Let's do it as it should be. You know, and, and of course I have steam on there. Steam works great. GOG galaxy is on there. Um, itch.io. I mean, you know, every game that I throw at it works awesome. Again, I play older games, but still they go through modern install processes. Uh, it it's, it's just a phenomenal experience. It's the way a computer should be. And that's it is this is, this is what has been happening with this. This is where I say it's dangerous to not use it or you know, or like it's more dangerous to use windows 10 and 11, I think in 2022 than it is to use windows seven is there's nothing trying to get my attention. There is nothing trying to get me to do anything on the computer other than what I want to do. And it is such a simple fucking interface that I can just sit down in front of it. And you know, like it's all about what I wish to put into the world, what I want to work on. And so my mental bandwidth has been ridiculous. I like, I cannot, again, I tried to tell you earlier, like the peace that I feel like, and I know, I know how crazy it sounds. An operating system should not create this experience. You know, like it should not make you feel this way, but it's just so nice to have an, to have a desktop operating system that, you know, isn't pushing you in or pulling you in a million different directions. And it's just there to get computing done, to get work done or pleasure done and be done with it and walk away. Oh, it's fucking dynamite, man. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> like, I feel like half my brain's been freed up just from, you know, what, what 
just from not having like all these notifications come up. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying stallion. Yeah, but you're a Linux guy. Like does Linux have these issues? Isn't Linux, you know, dead simple, blah, blah, blah. Yes. In many ways, Linux is, and it depends on what distro that you're using, but like even like Ubuntu and some others, uh, they're still falling prey to where they want you logging in with accounts, right? I mean, sometimes it's okay. Accounts like they want you logging in with like your, um, you know, next cloud account or something like that, but they, you know, they're still wanting you to set up accounts. They're still wanting you to go through a bunch of bullshit, you know, and, uh, like Ubuntu has notifications now. Now you can turn them off. Sure. Um, and I mean, you know, that's the beauty of Linux is it's infinitely configurable. Um, but at the same time, like there's still just a lot of windows software that is only on windows will only ever be on windows because it's ancient software. That's just not going to get ported very well. and might not even play well with wine, uh, you know, on Linux, um, that, yeah, I, I mean, windows seven is just, you know, someone said this in the discord server that like windows seven was the pinnacle and it's just all downhill from there. And, and they're totally right totally right. Windows seven was, that was, that was the end of the road. In fact, I dare say that's the end of the road for like desktop operating systems, because after that is when all desktop operating systems, even a lot of Linux operating systems were trying to become more like smartphones. And that's a problem. Now I can use old versions of Linux. Sure. Yep. I mean, hell, I have an open BSD machine that man, that baby doesn't do anything <laughs> and, and damn skippy. It doesn't. And I'm glad for it. But Windows 7 is just, it, man, I mean, just that, that's it. Like Microsoft just did their best, like a monastic order should have just taken over Windows once Windows 7 came out, uh, you know, had come out and, and, and just took over and got rid of the profit motive and just ran it, you know, <laughs> like priests, <laughs> you know, what I mean? uh, out of the kindness of their hearts. Uh, but, and I know some of you are saying, well, you know, you can just run Windows 7 in a virtual machine. Yeah, but that, but you see, you're still running it in a virtual machine on a modern OS that's trying to pull smartphone stunts on you, right? So no, <laughs> like that, that's not good enough. I want it. I don't want to, I don't even, I'm to the point. I don't even like want to see a modern desktop. I don't even, you know, cause you're just going to get reminded of all the bullshit that tech companies are, you know, are doing today. I mean, again, Linux is, is still great. BSD is still great. You know, whatever, like, uh, absolutely. But you know, here's the other part, right? Especially with windows. This isn't so true for Linux, but especially with windows. Um, when you start using windows seven and that becomes like the end for you, like, okay, yep. I'm not using any future version of windows. Fuck it. All of that Microsoft news, all the things that, you know, Steve Gibson or Paul Throt or Mary Jo or whoever, you know, like any, any of these, you know, great, great commentators, great podcasters, you know, and whoever else, you know, all these things that, and, and all these other, you know, like Windows Central and whatever, everything that they're talking about, you fall out of that news cycle. You just fall out of it. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop listening to Steve Gibson. Fuck no. <laughs> okay. In fact, I think he still rocks a huge Windows 7 machine is like his main machine, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, um, you, but you fall out of that entire news cycle. You don't care what Microsoft fucking pulling anymore. Why? Because you're not a part of it. You're living, you know, six, seven years in the past or more and great because I'm proving it to you. Everything I want a computer to do. And I want it to do a lot. Windows seven can do, and it does it really well. So that's like a whole other thing that I don't really have to think about, 
you know, unless it's a story relevant to sovereign tech, I don't have to pay attention to the news anymore. Like what's the latest horse shit going on with windows 11? Who cares? <laughs> right. Just fall out of it. Yeah. I still got to keep up on Linux news and everything. And okay. But man, this has just been, I fucking love this machine. I mean, I love it. <laughs> it's this old Dell sounds like this old house, <laughs> this old Dell, uh, is going to be by my side. I mean, I'm just going to be replacing parts in it for as long as I possibly can. Um, because I, I don't, I don't ever need to upgrade to get done what I want to get done. Now, earlier I talked about, you know, but, but you might say to yourself, yeah, but there's some things I need to do kind of modern that, uh, you know, to engage with the modern world, um, you know, modern civilization that, uh, you know, well, I, I need newer hardware for, okay. I hear you on that. And this is where this is getting back to that iPhone argument from that article. Um, ironically, I'm going to say to you, uh, yeah, as I've said throughout 2021 and for years before you want to get a smartphone that is going to get updates for a very long time. Why? Well, here's the thing is that in many ways, I feel like your computer, you know, especially outside of like, if you're at work, okay, it's different, you know, in the enterprise space, it's different, but your computer in general, um, and for your creative and perhaps personal pursuits, isn't so much, or I would hope isn't so much the, you know, like world facing internet facing device. Most of the, you know, like way that you're in digitally, that you're engaging with modern civilization. Boy, I hope you, you hear the disgust <laughs> when I say that, uh, is done through your smartphone. I think for most people, that's true. I could be wrong, but I think for most people that's, that's true. And so, okay. Keep your smartphone up to date, have your smart, your smartphone should get the latest security updates, considering how much of a security concern owning one in itself is absolutely. Yes. Make sure that's getting the latest updates. You don't want to, I mean, I've been telling you, uh, in 2021, the only phones you want to bother getting are from either Google, Samsung, or, you know, maybe one plus if you're in America, you know, you got Xiaomi if you're elsewhere or whatever, but, um, but that those, those are the only three companies you really want to bother with. Maybe Motorola. But I recommend those three because their update cycles usually are really on point. And you're getting security patches as quickly as possible. And I think that that's absolutely essential for a device that you carry around with you everywhere you go. And that has banking information and who knows what the, what, you know, what the fuck else you do with it and everything. Yes. Keep that device up to date. You know, do, you know, don't, don't trust third party updates on security with this one, you know, have it getting done by the manufacturer, the whole business. Absolutely. No argument from me, but that's not hypocritical of, of me to say that because at the same time, what am I doing here? I'm telling you, yeah, use windows seven. Don't worry about ever getting another update again. And when the time comes, I'm not worried about it. This is that compartmentalization. Okay. This is that firewall between how you engage with the digital world. And your smartphone is for that, for the broader part of engaging with the digital world. Your, I mean, and if the concern is around the browser, you know, well, just use Firefox forever. And actually, even if certain software won't install on Windows 7 for you, if you decide to go this route, um, you can use like portableapps.com. And that has a lot of modern software that will install portably, which doesn't rely upon the libraries that Windows 7 may be missing that Windows 10 or Windows 11 have a lot of the more modern DLLs and everything. So, you know, you can still use modern 
software. And like if you use Firefox, Firefox doesn't use the operating system security suite anyway. So if you're worried about, well, but if I log, if I go online, what the fuck's going to happen to me? Uh, you know, if I'm using an outdated quote unquote outdated, uh, operating system, well, it's not so much, a cons- you know, so much a concern if you're using say Firefox, which again has its own security certificates, uh, separate from the operating system itself. So, you know, there's, there's one solution there, if, you know, if you're thinking about that, but again, really, I think for most people, the way that they engage with the broader internet, the broader world in its digital sense is really through their smartphones now. So make sure that fucker is up to date, you know, put your money on that, all the money that you save and not worrying about whatever Microsoft's doing now, not upgrading to new hardware and everything. Uh, and actually more like upgrading to old hardware. I love the sound of that upgrading to old hardware. Um, you know, and, and pop that into your smartphone to get like a, you know, a flagship that's going to get updates for five years. There's no contradiction here. Okay. I'm, I'm just telling you to, to firewall aspects of your life and aspects of your, your, you know, uh, uh, use of computers and interaction with the digital world, which again has become, you know, whether I like it or not has become very melded with meat space. But I challenge you to go back to windows seven, and see what that's fucking like, <laughs> because woo, <laughs> is it? I, I think you'll experience the same thing I did. You'll just be like, wow, this is wonderful. This operating system basically does nothing other than what I tell it. And you're just going to have a great time. So make that your new year's resolution to, uh, to get some of your mental bandwidth back by getting back to, you know, a fucking OS that makes sense. Or, you know, maybe it's time to go to Linux if you haven't tried that yet. Certainly there's great experiences to be had there. And I recently did an entire episode about what's the best Linux distros for you based upon your needs. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to go there. But maybe you're saucy enough with me. And part of me just likes Microsoft knowing that shit. I mean, because there's got to be an uptick. I have to believe that, that, that in 2021, you know, ever since Windows 11 came out, that there was suddenly this massive uptick of people going back to Windows 7 and like that, that install number actually went up and not down, but I could be wrong, but maybe we could make them right. There's a few thousand of you out there listening to this. Go for it. (laughs) Anyway, that's it. Happy new year. I can't wait to share everything uh, with you for, uh, you know, with Sovereign Tech uh, throughout 2022. So much exciting things happening. I will, and I hope exciting things are going to happen for you this year. I hope this is the best year you've ever experienced. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, I'm certainly doing my best to make it mine. I will see all of you on the other side.